Lucky Land slots, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Mouth Off Podcast. My name is Clary Sadler. Mouth Off offers a platform for marginalized groups to tell their stories. Episodes cover topics ranging from sexuality and religion to disability and education. On today's episode, we interview a Japanese woman living in Britain and navigating a male-dominated industry. Welcome, Yuriko Katani, a Japanese comedian based in the UK. Yuriko started a stand-up career in 2014 and has been an unstoppable force in the world of British comedy since. It was 2015 that was Yuriko's year, though. She was named One to Watch by Time Out. She was first runner-up in So You Think You're Funny and came third place in Leicester Square Theatre's New Comedian of the Year. She was also the winner of Brighton Comedy Festival Squawker Award and won BBC Radio New Comedy Award, the only ever Japanese recipient of the award, I believe. Her success has continued into 2016 when she was nominated for the Leicester Mercury Comedian of the Year. Since then, Yuriko appeared on Series 2 of Russell Howard's Stand Up Central and in March 2017 made a TV acting debut in BBC3 Please like. Yes, please like. And I'm sure my daughter will also be very pleased to know that you've appeared in CBBC's panel show, The Dog Ate My Homework. Welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. Now, I've been following your work closely online after hearing fantastic reviews about you from David Fgrave, the organiser and co-host of Mostly Comedy, Hitchin's only comedy club. I was then lucky enough to catch you at the Cardiff Glee Club last November, right in the front row. Thanks for not picking on me. (laughs) I was super fun. Like I really enjoyed it. All acts were just unique, different, and fantastic. And then, oh, I I wish I could go back. (laughs) It was a really diverse night. Four comedians on, two female, two male, Mm. and the compare was fantastic as well. And a really different vibe from each act, but it worked really well. So for our listeners out there that might be unfamiliar with your work and style, could you describe yourself in a nutshell? So basically, I started comedy because I'm in love with British humor. I love British comedy so much, and I'm a big fan of the like British dark comedy. First, when I came to the UK, someone showed me comedy DVDs like uh, The League of Gentlemen, and I just, yes, fell in love. So since then, I've just been watching so many British comedy. I think I'm being influenced by that, I guess. When I started, uh, people said, like, oh, I love your deadpan style. Yeah. But before, I didn't know what, what is, uh, deadpan. So I, uh, checked the dictionary and, oh, 
I was doing deadpan. I thought I was smiling. Oh, oh no, I, I look angry. <laughs> but yes, now uh, I go anyway. And uh, if I can get the gig, but not now uh, because of the lockdown. Yeah. But I, I love doing live comedy so much and I miss it. Much of your material centres around you being a Japanese woman in Britain, the stereotypes that you've encountered and had thrown at you since living here, and the hilarity that's followed when you've returned to Japan sporting unintentional Britishisms. He's always ducking and diving. What inspired this? Were you merely observing life unfold and noting the humour in it? Yeah. Or were you looking for a niche, something to set you apart from other female comedians? I suppose I'm asking, did it find you, or did you find it? It's a very interesting question. I try to write something that makes me feel something, make me laugh or like angry or sad or question me. And I just dig into it and then see from many angles. So uh, because I'm from Japan, I grew up in Japan, so I can see the difference between Japan and Britain. So I can point out, oh, this is very funny or I find it very strange. And then uh, when I go back to Japan, I now, because I've been living in Britain for 15 years, so I find uh, lots of things that makes me think or feel that never occurred in my head when I lived in Japan. Yeah. So now I'm, many things I find are very interesting and I love writing jokes about it. Would you say that gets lost in trans- Translation when you go to Japan. I think I've read somewhere that you don't do stand up in Japan, but you would consider it. Do you think your material would go down as well there? When I do in English, pretty much the same. But uh, if I do in Japanese, and then maybe it will be my new challenge. I'd love to do it. So one time I emceed one night in Japanese, and most of the acts were from Britain doing in Japanese. Really fun night. So I translated my uh, materials to Japanese. Japanese and some worked, but some joke I got a response like a ah, like they, they I've been informed, and I was like no 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 this is a joke this is uh, meant to be laugh. But yes, one day hopefully I can do in Japanese. Fantastic. Or maybe after after lockdown, yes. This podcast mouth off is intended as a platform for marginalised groups, an opportunity to get their voices heard. Mm-hmm. I know comedy is notorious for being a male-dominated industry. How difficult has it been for you to establish yourself, not only as a female comedian then, but mm-hmm. as the only Japanese female comedian in the UK? I have Googled it. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't find any others. Oh, um, so when I started so, uh, in 2014... Uh, uh, it was um, much uh, yes less uh, female comics, so I found it very difficult. And I remember after um, the show and the audience came up to me and said, usually I don't like female comics, but I liked you. I was like, what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to feel thank you or... A bit of a backhanded but compliment. Guess, uh, that, yes, but I guess that that was because this audience hasn't seen many female comics being on stage. So 
I can see the comedy clubs and the industry is putting efforts and I can see more female comics, which is very, very exciting to see and witness things are changing. So it's very exciting to see the gig in a, a comedian bus. It was for International Women's Day night. It was on 7th of March and all the acts were female, but no one mentioned about it. So no one even thought that it's, oh, it's all female because all the acts were just fantastic and the audience are laughing from the beginning till the end and all the female with very different unique individuals it's hopefully in the future that uh, no one even think that uh, this is female comic or this is male comic it's this is a comic and uh, I enjoy it yeah, you know, I think about comedians that I enjoy watching. People like mm-hmm. Sarah Millican, Joe Brand, oh, Shappy Kosandi. They've paved the way for aspiring female comedians. Yet male yeah. stand-ups do still dominate the TV shows and the live circuit to some degree. Even like mm-hmm. the Chortle Comedy Awards. Why do you think that is? Is it just because it's a man's world and that's still the way it is, even in 2020? Or do you think there's some other underlying reason? I think definitely it's changing now. And uh, in 2020, probably we do see that. But uh, in the future, we'll see the huge difference. I think it takes time and you cannot change it by just one day or a year. Uh, definitely we'll see more female comics and hopefully 50-50 or just uh, don't even think about the gender. gender. Yeah, yeah. That's the dream. <laughs> yes. You're quite unique in being a Japanese female comic. Again, I bring up the gender. I do apologize. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Trying to give a platform there for marginalized. You know, a Japanese female bringing a show to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival as well. So you took your show Somo Somo. Am I saying that right? Yes. Um, for a marathon run month long was it in yes, uh, every in, single day in 2019 did you encounter any negativity <laughs> regarding the cultural content of your show you know either from japanese people that might not get the britishisms or possibly from more conservative brits that might take offense at some of the observations about british ways I believe I was lucky that all the audience I had, I think, enjoyed it. I think of the audience knew me in the past. Probably they watched my short set or have seen me live before. So most of the audience who paid uh, the the ticket expected what's like, I believe. I hope so. Or or maybe they're angry inside. (laughs) But maybe they didn't tell me. (laughs) Speaking about that, I imagine Mm. you have to have quite a thick skin to do comedy. It's something I've always thought Mm -hmm. about and then gone, oh gosh, no, I don't think I can handle, you know, the hecklers. Have you had to deal with any, you know, negativity, like sexism, racism or any other ism? How did you handle it, if so? In the past, yes, I had no idea. I'm so scared. But I guess now the audience will hear my routine and a punchline. I guess it's left now. But sometimes I get someone shout randomly or say something. But I think these audience shout at other comics anyway, I believe. So now I guess, yes, I ignore them or just talk to them and find how can I put them down in a funny way. 
And one thing it's very interesting that since I started stand up, so I encounter the racism or sexism on the street because I look like this and <laughs> something shouts out. But because I do stand up, so I can just have a snap response to them when they get my response. And then, yeah, I see the shock in their eyes and it's very, very interesting because they didn't expect me to uh, respond straight away. The good way to handle it. Yeah, yes. Off stage, on stage. Yes, both. And hopefully those people don't say those things on the streets to others. That's my goal. So speaking of handling things, how are you coping during this lockdown? I've seen that you've had to cancel or postpone shows. What kind of effect is that having on your mental health? Or are you using the downtime to be creative or to find new inspiration? Oh, so now I'm making comedy videos. I never thought that I can do. So I filmed myself and I learned how to do the lighting and editing. And I put them on a YouTube channel called uh, The Lost Comics. It's just a couple of minutes short, like a little sketch, hoping that people will laugh. And also I did comedy session online, Instagram as well, I believe, um, uh, live streaming. And I taught Japanese. It was really fun. And once again, I never knew that I would do live streaming, but I did it and I found it very fun to do. Yeah. So since lockdown, I did new things. I think being creative, making something keeps me paying. I guess a question that might be nice for any aspiring comedians that might be fearful of the hurdles they might face if they take the plunge into comedy, particularly to any of our marginalised groups listening, be it someone facing fear due to their race, gender, sexuality, mm. disability, religion, mental health, for mm. any reason, anything that might be putting someone, maybe not putting them off, but they're worried they might face hurdles or discrimination mm. or heckling. For someone that's been there and done that and got through it and is flourishing in the industry, what advice would you give to them? Just do it. <laughs> I know it's the hardest thing to do, but yes, please, please, please do it. I've been told you can't do this because you're this or you don't have this, but they don't know anything. So just ignore them and ignore your inner voice telling you, oh, you can't do that. And just do it. I'm doing stand-up comedy, so nothing is impossible. Oh, brilliant. Um, finally, linking to a conversation I had in episode one of the Thoth podcast, we had a disabled playwright on and we were talking about mm -hmm. the ethics of casting non-disabled actors in disabled roles. And we went back mm -hmm. and forth thinking of people that might turn around and say, well, it's just acting. They're just playing a character. Well, you know, you wouldn't have a white person black up to play an mm -hmm. African-American or something like this. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we went back and forth on this discussion, slightly going off topic, but it reminded me of going in a Chinese restaurant in Cardiff. I won't name names. My sister-in-law is Chinese. Ni hao. I spoke a few greetings that I knew mm. and they looked at me blankly. And I then found out from someone that worked there that they were mm -hmm. Filipino. None of the waiting staff were Chinese. And it got me thinking with regards to the conversation I had with Kieran Fitzgerald, mm -hmm. the uh, the playwright we had on. The title of the podcast was Where Do You Draw the Line? 
What do you think of it? I know you've dabbled in acting yourself. If someone said to you, I'm looking for a Chinese actress, but it's an English-speaking mm-hmm. role, and you're Oriental, we could probably get away with it. What do you think from a moral sort of standpoint? Also, I imagine you'd find that very offensive, or maybe not, I don't know. <laughs> Where do you stand on that? Is, is there a limit? Is there a line that should not be crossed in regards to the acting question? Or if just acting a role, is that okay? When I came over here, I remember I saw... Uh, programs and Japanese characters, but played by non-Japanese actor, and there was a speaking roles as well. And as a Japanese person who grew up in Japan, and noticed how they read the line, and we were all thinking they're Japanese actors, so why didn't they uh, cast the Japanese actors? Exactly. So is that be- yeah, is that because we all look the same kind of that feeling? Yeah. You know, I personally believe that if the character is written as this background or this race, then probably if I see the effort that they are here, the, yes, if it's Japanese actor, and then I think that that will be much better, I believe. Definitely, exactly. I feel the yeah. same. I mean, you can't have a genuine portrayal if someone doesn't Mm. have that lived experience okay there's acting Mm. and an actor Mm. will do a certain amount of research and Mm -hmm. maybe that particular actor knows several languages my Mm brother-in-law speaks Chinese he speaks Russian he speaks Japanese very good with languages he's never going to get cast as a Chinese character though he's never going to get cast as a Japanese character that would just be ridiculous because he's a white man and I agree with Mm. you it should be exactly the same and I feel Mm. strongly with the Mm. disability question how can you genuinely give an authentic portrayal if you don't have that Mm. lived experience there are plenty Mm. of disabled actors and Mm -hmm. as you've said as Japanese actors feeling underrepresented within the industry Mm. in Britain and yeah I think they should be cast in the appropriate roles Mm, yes you can see that you can tell by watching that and then you feel like oh wow because you can feel it's real I guess rather than thinking oh my god this is not Japanese person doing that so yes I guess it's the effort isn't it Oh, brilliant. Thank you for giving up your time tonight. Um, I will check out those live streams that you've done and your YouTube channel. Can you remind us of the name of the channel again? Oh, it's The Lost Comics. Lots of uh, comic are putting their uh, clips, so it's a very fun, uh, more like a community channel, I guess. Brilliant. And the Japanese uh, language one is on the next up, and it's an online uh, comedy uh, site. And I think I'm doing it again, uh, teaching Japanese. So hopefully it's going to be super fun. I will definitely check that out. Thank you, Clary. Thank you. Join us next time on Mouth Off when we interview TV personality and self-taught makeup artist and hairstylist to the celebs, Michael Phillips. I think it's about educating women definitely, teaching them how to get it right. Tonight on Fern McCann, First Time Mom. Firm puts herself out there. I don't know if I'm ready for it. You don't get yourself fit as firm and then stay in the house drinking tea. 